listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 35 on Ed Reach. Break is over. Let's play some games. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, January 7th, 2012. Ed Gamer's part of the EdReach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big, well-rested voice. Well-rested. This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We'll give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I happen to be Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Hey, who are you? Tell My name is stuff. Jerry James. I'm a visual arts educator at Schaumburg High School in Schaumburg, Illinois. And who are you, Zach? I am Zach Gilbert. I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. Jerry, mm-hmm. how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I finally, uh, let's see, just finished my first week of teaching back. Yeah, you had a full week? Yeah. Well, no, we were off Monday, so we went back Tuesday. Oh, okay. So, but it was, uh, it was, it still felt like a full week. That's for sure. It was, uh, yeah, nice and long. Students were, uh, still loaded up on sugar and zero sleep on Tuesday, so they were all wound up. And then Wednesday they were in like a coma, which was kind of yes. nice. We started Wednesday. Okay. We started back Wednesday. Some teachers, you know, say that, you know, when we get on break, they say, oh, I wish we went till Friday, and then you know could come back on the Monday. And I'm like. I don't want a full week when no. we come back. No, I like this is perfect. That's nice. Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I'm like, and then I have the weekend, and it's like I can adjust. But the problem was Tuesday night, uh, the night before I went back to um, school, mm-hmm. I did not sleep at all. I didn't sleep. Oh. I, I was up the whole, whole night. I couldn't get to bed. I just laid in bed and just laid in bed. That's all I did. Were you nervous? I, I don't know. I no, for your first day back. Not. Yeah, I've been staying up late. I mean, I, I know that is one part of it. Uh, but I don't know. Something was not, something was not right. Yeah. I am a natural creature of the night. I'm not sure exactly how I chose a profession that starts, you know, <laughs> school day at seven 30 in the morning. Yes. Yes. But, um, yeah, I wish, I wish I had chose something else because I, I enjoy, no, you don't enjoy the evening time. Yeah. Well, if school started later because studies show, even though, you know, schools start, our school district went to an early, uh, earlier start uh high school i think is 7:30 yeah we start like at 7:45 okay um but you know it's it's just it's crazy i mean the kids aren't they're not awake i'm not awake i'm a night person also yeah i i mean i notice a difference in my teaching for sure and then my kids like they i mean they're not even coherent until midway through second hour you know 9 Nine o'clock. So, and there's some physiology uh, going on there, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the age and, and they just, yeah, wanted to sleep in. So, uh, in, any any cool gaming gifts that you got over the break? I, I did, did got some, uh, you know, some gift cards. Traded them in for um, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare uh-huh. Three. So I've been. Uh-huh. I also. On what platform? Uh, what's that? What platform? PS3. Yeah, I won't hold that against you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I also have uh, NBA 2K12 because I, I enjoy the occasional entertainment sports game. So. And now that they're actually playing. And now that they're yeah, now that they're playing, I can watch my Bulls again and enjoy yeah. them on my video games. So. Yeah, the Bulls are uh, they're looking good. Um, yeah. Who's it's the guard that they got? Uh, Rip Hamilton. Yes, Hamilton. Yeah. So he's I think he's going to be quite helpful. Advanced and man. 
Yeah, <laughs> broken. He has a broken nose or something. He ever had one? Yeah, I think he's broken it a couple times, and they get to a point where the severities are like they because there are a few guys in the league that wear those, and it's like I, I think from what I've heard, it's like after you break it twice, if you break it again, it can be anywhere from like just permanently never looking right again to I think in some cases it can be almost fatal from like the bones mm. shattering so that's not good yeah not good at all that's not a good thing so are you enjoying uh modern warfare 3 i am it's crazy wow the graphics and the seat now this is why i choose my platform carefully is i like to sit down in my dark basement and you know <laughs> i got my tv going and then yes. the sound is just cranked like my so you have it the all the way up surround sound yeah and going on yeah the the remote's vibrating. I mean, it's like, it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty intense. I am I think I'm about three-fourths of the way through the game, the single player, and then I think I only have three missions left uh, with my friend Justin on the, the Spec Ops. And the Spec Ops is, that's a lot of fun. That's cool. I have not even gotten to the best part yet, which is the multiplayer. I'm still yes. just kind of trying to hone in my skills and uh yeah you need to so, yeah <laughs> we get ripped in the oh yeah <laughs> in the multiplayer run like, into some pretty serious people out there I, i'm pretty good and i'm a pretty good shot on you know with the mouse and keyboard but man you jump on the multiplayer and it's like where, who are these people yeah, no <laughs> doubt these people so uh you know i i didn't get any i'm trying to think here I did buy, uh, well, I bought GarageBand on the iPad, which is really cool, but nice. not a game. It, it can be kind of like a game. I mean, you play it. It's, it's a lot of fun. But uh, I started playing. Uh, I downloaded. Steam had a huge sale hmm. on the expansion packs, the scenario add-ons for Civilization Five. I thought, you know what, I'll give it a try again because it's it's one of those things. It's I, I, lo- I love some of the pieces in the game where I can have ranged attacks because nor- in the old Civilization, so, well, look, older civilizations civilization four you had to keep somebody in your city to protect it Hmm. well they in civilization five you don't have to have anybody there because it figures that okay your city's going to be defended in some way shape or form and so you can do ranged attacks from uh from the city so it gives a little bit more flexibility and um some of the uh, some of the units and how they move and how you can actually expand a little bit easier outside of your city you can actually purchase tile you know hexagons around you there's some really nice things in it but it does take it seems like it takes forever to get to get anything built and going and it that just frustrates me a little bit and they did an update and it seems a little bit better i downloaded there was tons of scenarios that they that they did add um and i have that i'll have that on the on the links it's through steam cool but uh you know some of them listed here um, they have Nebuchadnezzar II, there's the Mediterranean, there's Asia, the Americas, Mesopotamia, uh, there's a civilization scenario pact of Spain and the Incas, <laughs> Polynesia, Denmark, the Vikings, there's an Explorers Pact, there's uh, Wonders of the Ancient World scenario, and um, there's one on Korea. <laughs> so the, uh, the Ancient World scenario, that's the one I've been playing, which is really, <laughs> really slick. Uh, you are in the Middle East and Mediterranean, and you are. It's a race to build the most uh, world wonders. So that's very cool. Yeah, it's 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 actually been pretty. It's been a lot of fun. So the only problem, like one of the other problems, is that this game is a resource hog, and mm. I have a decent. Uh, you know, I have a pretty nice machine, good graphics card, plenty of RAM, and 
trying to get the game to shut down. Uh, if you've played it for if you play it for a long period of time, it just it takes forever. So yeah. I don't know. They gotta solve. They gotta do something about that. Hmm. Um, I think it's got a lot of potential. And uh, but it's that's just those are some of the some some of the issues. But I started getting back into it a little bit. Nice. So. Um, found we of course we found a ton of articles i do want to mention that you know for listeners out there go back and look at i was thinking of doing um kind of the top top picks uh for ed gamer go back and look at some of our shows and you know there's there's some they're they're good each each episode you're going to get a nice you know you're going to learn something new um but there's some in the past year that are just phenomenal the one that probably stands out the most is uh with james g and uh, would you agree? Yeah, that was, that was a blast. That, was, that was that was amazing. We met a lot of uh, you know new people. Uh, Minecraft teacher who is just exploding. I think he's going to speak at PAX. Wow. Which, um, by the way, I got on my tablet and I've been exploring. Very fun on a tablet. It's cool. Cool. So you know, it's like okay, this guy is like taken off, and here he is, just a, a teacher in New York City, um, computer teacher. I, I think he was in the IMC, and he just. It just took off. I mean, it really took off. And Minecraft, the game has really taken off. Yeah, I think that helped. He hit it just at the right time. Yep. Lucas Gillespie in, in uh, North Carolina, um, you know, southeastern was it Pender County. Mm-hmm. That's great. I remember that. Uh, World of Warcraft and some of the things he's doing there, which led us to 3D Game Lab uh, and with Boise State. And I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful I hear something from them soon because we're moving towards a one-to-one initiative in my school district and i think this would be a really neat way of of utilizing uh the one-to-one is having that 3d game lab so you can go back and listen and jerry's written some great articles this past year and, and, and i have a few articles well. there yeah thank you fantastic um, the, thank you uh the last one i wrote and it was over break and i was afraid that we weren't going to get a lot of hits and i'm really wanting to get some responses so i'm kind of asking you guys out there spread the word i just tweeted it today saturday and it's called my quest for one-to-one success and it basically is asking what questions should i be asking what resources should i be using i've got a lot of stuff already but those of you that are in the process or have gone through it and you know these are the things you've learned what are what are the questions that i need to be asking when i'm on this on this task force i think the biggest one that i've there's two big things. One is whatever device we choose, it should be focused on the student and make sure that it's student first. We shouldn't just be picking a device because the device is nice. It should be the best device for what we are wanting to do uh, within our classrooms. That's a huge one. And the really the mindset of the teachers, because this is a total shift. Uh, could be a paradigm shift, as Sir Ken Robinson would say, paradigm <laughs> shift um, in education. And I've seen some good results. I've seen some bad results of, of a one-to-one. And I guess I'm just asking for some help. And so if you guys can spread the word and, and go to – I have the link. I'll have the link on the um, in the show notes. Go to the uh, go to EdReach and search for my quest for one, one, one-to-one success and, and put some comments in there. And we're starting to do comments on Facebook, Jerry. I don't know if you've noticed that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's worked out very well. So I think that's it for kind of that part. I, I, I'll jump into one thing that I also would love to hear um, from this podcast and in, in, in responses is that 3D Game Lab is kind of like an RPG cr- uh, creator. As students are 
characters and they're building up and they're gaining experience points and and earning levels and incentives as they're going along and I would I'm really wanting to get some ideas out there I've I've got uh, I purchased for the first time because you think a geek like me who loves Excel would have bought numbers on my iPad earlier <laughs> but uh, numbers is the Excel version uh, you know on the okay for Apple sure and I'm like I finally bought it and then I have a list of my students and I was thinking I could use this perfectly to you know add on experience points they did something within the classroom they completed an activity I could just go into the cell add add some experience points in there but my problem is trying to figure out how many how many experience points how do I work that out and then to truly create because you know we're going to this um, almost individual IEPs in, uh, individual um, um, oh goodness, what's the E? Uh, education. Education plan. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> that was a little easy. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of acronyms. Uh, you know, the educational plan for each student, and each student has certain gifts and skills. You know, they're weaker in some areas and stronger in others. And I don't know if this is this is just an idea that was just floating in my head this afternoon, of creating uh, a character and have them. Uh, just like in a Dungeons and Dragons character, you know they have a strength. Well, then they have uh, attributes, uh, things that they're good at. So maybe if they're if they have artistic skill, uh, you know, earn points in in, in the arts, hmm. learn points and earn points in mathematics. You know, what are the areas that they're strong in, and how have that somehow go with along with their experience. So whatever they did, you kind of see where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Kind of they're building up areas of experience and um, and then have some type of reward system, whether you know it's it's gaining levels or they're earning new attributes. My mind, I'm a huge big picture thinker. So it's my mind was racing when I started coming up with that idea that each kid has their own like avatar and and, and character. Absolutely. Yeah. My kids are obsessed with that. They love that. It's one of the highlights of our little program guy is the individuality of, you know, having their own identity. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, well, in the, in the games that the kids play, mm -hmm. a lot of them do have that MMO or, well, multiplayer, but you have the RPG type of, of characters where, you know, they've earned some experience. Now they can um, equip their uh, their person with this type of attribute or this type of armor or whatever. So it individualizes them. Hmm. Very cool. I have, <laughs> I have a lot of ideas. So if anybody has anything out there that they've been using, even the people from Boise State, I don't know if you've, because how do you, you know, experience points, how much do I give? What's a level? What are, you know, some of the incentives, like, mm -hmm. you know, like an extra bathroom pass or something, or they sit in the comfy chair, you know, <laughs> during yeah. class or something. You know, just figuring out ways of doing that, and I think, I, I know it's it wouldn't work for everybody, and figure out other ways to do that. But I know there's a lot of students that I would have that would just eat that up. Mm. Yeah, I think it, that sounds like an amazing idea. Maybe I have the kids do it. Maybe I bring some kids after school, uh, my Gilbert fan club, um, <laughs> come after school and then start brainstorming on this. Mm, I like that. I. I I like the idea that, you know, this could be, you know, teacher and student created. Very good. I don't know. Okay. Man, I'm talking a lot, Jerry. Okay, so <laughs> uh, once you uh, – one of the articles that we have up here says, Can Gaming Change Education? Uh, what's this one about? Uh, my answer is yes. Yes. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was a question. <laughs> We're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, it looks like this is a pretty in-depth type study uh like there was a a lot of different what we were talking about earlier lots of different things named in it what were some of the big mit T. Uh, mit uh brain and cognitive science at the university of rochester brain Uh, development lab at the university of oregon national center for technology innovation it it sounds very impressive the last one there but i have no idea who they are but yes it sounds like they're not just looking at you know they're looking at the games, but they're looking at what the games do cognitively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they broke it down to some simple parts. Uh, let's see, some of their headlines here are uh, games don't just affect enthusiasm. Um, <clears throat> with so many children, young adults playing video games each day, researchers are exploring how exposure to consistent game playing affects brain functions um, and other things. We've seen over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's, it's, an, it's an early uh, uh, science, I guess. It's yeah. A- and then uh, they talk about some of the barriers of gaming. So uh, let's see quickly here. He mentions uh, barriers to adoption and curriculum requirements. So fitting them in your you know, classroom. I think that's always one of the huge struggles is because some, you know, teachers don't want to try to fit games in with a crowbar, but they want to fit, you know, but you have to find yourself saying, is the game the best way to learn here? Or am I using a game just to use a game? Right. Yeah. And you should, you have multiple tools. You know, a computer is not always the best thing to use. A game's not always the best thing to use. Sure. You just, and that's where we, sh, you know, we're, we're the professionals. We are the ones that should be able to decide, you know, should be able to figure out a way to, to integrate this. You know, I, I did see somebody's, um, I ran across a video, just a short video of Sir Ken Robinson talking about it's basically, he's saying it's not the politicians because politicians are, are sick in their hands, you know, into this to this fold of education and what to do and, and how to do it and they're not the ones that are actually going to be doing it uh, they're not the ones that are going to be implementing uh, what the government is saying mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying the government says you need to do this well they're not the ones that actually do it that's what is one of my biggest frustrations with this whole thing I mean teachers uh, administrators students Parents, communities—they're the ones that are going to going to be involved uh, in what's going on. And you know, of course, he's a big proponent of of the standards, uh, kind of uh, <laughs> standards sure. hurting mm-hmm. things. So you know, if if you have a way, it, it kind of hurts this type of creativity. Where if games can be used, um, a lot of people aren't going to do it because it, it is a barrier because it doesn't fit with what. Uh, administrators and other educators and what your state or, or school district wants mm-hmm. and how it wants it done. And that limits the creativity of the teacher and the students. And I think that's it's a little frustrating. Absolutely. That's that's something that I ran into, you know, when I was trying to get my whole project going was not only yes. the <clears throat> those standards that wanted to be upheld by the, the district, but also that, you know, I work in such a big district. If you're going to start something in one school, it's got to be start. Every one of those was a road bump in the, kind in the of, path. Yeah, kind of blocked out there a second thing. Yeah, and you know the, the the struggle with that is, man, it I and I wonder how often this happens is we get so busy, we get so bogged down, and there's only so many times that a lot that most people can be told, you know, no or give it up or right, you know, and, and I wonder how many ideas get lost in that fold, how many great ideas that where the unfortunately, you know, some up in their home lives or or 
just teaching, you know, it just, you know, and they didn't have the fight to, to see those things through. So. Right. You've been cut. You're cutting a little bit in and out, but it seems to be okay. No, Uh-oh. it seems to be. Okay. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. Am I back? No, it's just, yeah. Can you you're, hear me now? You're, I, oh my goodness. Yes. I can hear you. Can you hear me now? I'm just, I'm just hoping the, uh, Okay, so um, yeah, kind of back. We had a cut there because I wanted to make sure that the I won't put that in there. I'll cut this out. So <laughs> okay, so we talked. Uh, so we had barriers. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Good. Barriers to adoption. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's the next one there? Uh, there. Uh, I don't know. I skipped down a couple because it's actually a very lengthy article. Um, it's, solid design for better learning. I like this section because they were talking about, um, he quotes here, another mistake game developers make, says the MIT report, is to take educational content and make it look like a game. For example, yes. algebra problems in a 3D uh-huh. virtual world or placing the periodic table of elements in a shooting arcade. I, I, I don't like using this word, but it's stupid. It's just, you know, and, yeah. and sometimes I, you know, what's interesting is that we, we use a program, not, not even going to mention it, but it's, it is kind of like an arcade type thing for, for math. And uh, I, I don't even know what to say. It, I'm saddened that it works mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Um, you know, for memorization of facts, maybe that's okay. Sure. To do that, but God, there's so many better ways of doing that. Well, and this article went so far as to say it can actually be dangerous. Yeah. Uh, putting a, it says the report warns that injecting content learning into a game where it doesn't fit might create experiences that are entertaining, but their educational value is suspect. In it, does quotes: If your spaceship requires you to answer a math problem before you can use your blasters, chances are you'll hate the game and the math. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, you wonder, you wonder what the cognitive, uh, what, what your brain's doing yeah, on yeah. something like that. Is it because I, I think studies do show, and we've kind of seen this, is that when the brain activity is high and you're heightened, and you you know, in something like modern warfare or uh, mm. any other type of games where it's just like your attention level is so high, your memorization seems to do better. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I I don't know. I think that's interesting. I mean. That's almost something scary to go against gaming, but it's like if you if you put it in the wrong part of the game, and you the kid starts to hate math and the game, then they figure, yeah. man, if I can't learn math in a game, I don't want to learn math at all. <laughs> right, man. That's that's a you know this could get really, especially down the road, could get really interesting in how education and gaming, games and learning can go together. Yeah, cause it's not uh, because done it, right. There's serious backlash. Right. So where 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 does it placed in? How is it placed in? And at what time? And what's going on at that time in the game? Is it a low point? Is it a high point? Is it a middle point? I could see there could be some serious science that goes in there. Which if there's some serious science going into that, you know, cost can be a factor also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they gave uh, well, 14 principles. I won't read them all to you, but um, they're pretty, I mean, pretty interesting stuff. A lot of it that's, um, you know, kind of reiterated throughout the whole thing. Educational games don't always equal entertainment games. Right. Um, put learning and gameplay first. Find the game in the content. That's a good one. Find the game in the content. Right. Um, break because the mold. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Civilization is not, you know, geared as an educational game. Right. But it's right. got so much in it that that can be brought to uh, to the forefront. Um, within my classroom that it does make it it does make it nice you know i've been seeing a lot of i don't know what like i said the D thing is is kind of got me thinking 
and I'm seeing a lot more articles on this. I don't know if the Geek Dad or some other websites that were having this, but uh, having you know D and D, there's so much involved in the game. Um, there's there's rules. I mean, rule books are huge. Uh, the math involved in it is huge. Being a dungeon master, there was uh, an article talking about how somebody was using uh, creative writing and storytelling using Dungeons and Dragons because if you're a DM, any DM that I knew that was uh, really good in language, you know, it matches up. They were good in language arts. They were good storytellers. Mm-hmm. They were well read, and they were phenomenal phenomenal dms because they could just add so much to the to the experience of the game yeah yeah for so, sure yeah it's 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 amazing so it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be an education game mm-hmm. um but you got to be careful on the flip side too well, yeah and i think the the last part that was really interesting was they summed it up with where to go from here and last part um in quotes, games promote understanding, motivation, and enjoyment are terrific at immersing players in complex, feedback-rich problem spaces. While they are most often not sufficient in and of themselves for a course of study, they can help many students advance beyond temporary memorization of facts and procedures. Yeah. Tamens are usually lost when classes stop. You know, I think that's something we, we don't often talk about is um, instead of teachers feeling like they have to put a game in, instead of their lesson right you know we, we need to teach how games go with lessons you know yes we're not replacing it's yep. just you know in addition to one last one on here it was part of that uh 14 mm-hmm. points or whatever the mit researchers don't ignore or be too constrained by academic or state standards mm. yeah and that's kind of where you yeah, know, I like that. That's in that's real. I thought you were going to read the other one. I think like number eight here. Don't ignore nor be limited by teacher training and readiness. I like that yeah. as well. Those are kind of on the same, the same level. You know, all those things that they give us to make us better teachers. You yep. shouldn't throw them away, but you also shouldn't be limited by them. Right. I like it. Okay. Last article. Uh, Twelve education tech trends to watch in 2012. Um, number twelve, Jerry. And I'm gonna mess it. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the thing. I'm gonna start numbering these, and I'm gonna forget it. So, what's the first one, Jerry? What's the first one up there, okay. Jerry? Uh, mobile phones. Okay, and uh, that's, you know, you know what upsets me is that mobile phones. Yeah, they do. But being I, upsets me. So. I can't. Schools are not made for mobile phones. I cannot get a signal in my classroom at all. And somebody out there is like, why would you need a cell phone in there? Well, you know, I'm slightly. I am ADHD. It's one of those things that. Um, you know, I can set timers, I can have, remi- you know, reminders and things like that. Um, I used to be, I used to take pictures, uh, of students work okay. and, and, you know, they did a great job with it and I'll take a picture with it, you know, with them. And then I send it, email it to their, uh, parents and nice. you know, instant. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, cell phone was able to help out that. So, um, and a lot of kids, a lot of people have cell phones. Mm-hmm. School districts are scared, aren't they? Uh, yeah, it's you know what, I think it is from from a from a high school standpoint where they are all over, um, <clears throat> it, it's it's been so far one way and the other way, and then usually you know the way these controversial things usually go is like we see success stories and failure stories from each side, and then ninety percent of the public lands somewhere in the middle, and I don't even think 
the public knows where the middle is anymore. You know, it's <laughs> like, do we use them? Do we, yeah. do we not use them? Do we ban them? Do we encourage them? Do yep. we participate with them? Do we turn them off? Do we jam them? Do we try to outsmart them? And everyone's yep. just like, I'm now exhausted of them. I have no idea yep. how or what to do with them. And then it's all extremely hypocritical because 90% of our teachers are just as right. addicted <laughs> to their yeah. cell phones and as I, their students I, are. And I'm yep. that. You know, I've, I've got everything on my cell phone, my email, you know, yeah. I live on it. So yep. So how can I tell my kids to put it down all the time? Now, well, there's a time and a place. So right. that's I'm not using it for per- I'm not checking my Facebook. Right. I'm not right. Checking my Twitter. Yeah. I have my email on there. Uh, like I said, I could be taking notes. I could. I mean, there's a lot of different things that are there. So well, it's the same, just, same argument as computers. But I think this, you know, same argument as the Internet. Yeah. Same but, argument as computers. But it's it's so different when it's something so very personal, too, because now it's your your phone number. You know, well, I, schools can't monitor the the, the phones. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, we're running into that with the touchpads, too, because if, you know, if they're 3G, you've got, you know, an iPad or something like that, then you're on a different. Now, the next one here is uh, BYOD, bring your own device. So is is that do you have that situation in your district? Um, I have students that that bring. Yeah, bring their own devices. Um, We're actually just looking into a one to one thing, too. So I'll uh, I'll keep you updated on that. Yeah. But um, bring your own device. You know, it's fantastic. I brought up before it's fantastic in my class because we do i try to encourage my students to do research because i've i've realized that research is is just a trend they don't learn really enough Mm of um which is sad because now it's easier to research than ever i mean when i think of when i had to go do research it's like i gotta go to the library oh yeah look up the books it's like research should be taught in like first grade now i mean it's like the easiest thing on earth to do and it's the most helpful they're not they're not digital native. I mean, you know, you, yeah. you think that the kids know the technology, but as as if as with everything, you know, it's just because the kids around math all the time doesn't mean they're going to be a math genius. It's true. It's because the kids going to be around, you know, reading or writing all the time, and they're not going to be, you know, genius in that area. Just because a kid has technology doesn't mean that they're going to be good at technology. It's I, true. I'm finding that you know, there's a very small amount of students that are what I would say gifted. And mm-hmm. when it comes to technology, they know how to use it and they know how to utilize it uh, and they know where to go if they want to get around things. <laughs> mm-hmm. But searching. Yeah, no, skills. no. It, it, yeah. And I like I said, uh, I love having them when, when, when I have to have kids draw something or I have to have kids get ideas for something. I love having them in in the classroom because they, you know, they look things up instantly and they, they sketch in them and they save them. And I, we're almost, we're almost close to going to like a digital journal, you know, like where instead of sketching your ideas, you're, you're like, you know, almost collaging your ideas in Photoshop, you know, like these are my ideas for our next art project, you know, and then, and then we're collaging all these images. That's, it's almost to the point where it's come to be a digital type research. Yeah, which is which is cool. And so obviously the more devices they have and the more personal time they can have with that, the better. Yep. Well, we've you know, I know a family within my school who they bring their uh, we've allowed them to bring their Kindle. So -hmm. instead of because we have independent reading time throughout the day and, you know, instead of carrying around a lug, you know, a book, they just bring their Kindle. Makes sense to me. Um, And, you Mm -hmm. know, but you. We've got to go through a process, making sure there's permission for it. 
you know, especially the Kindles that they have, they're it's not like they're surfing. You know, they right. have the the, sure. the older type. So okay, yeah. So uh, BYOD, that's you know, I'm seeing more and more of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier in smaller schools, but I, it just um, we have a few around us. So mm-hmm. that's a, it's an interesting way, but control. Having that control can be an issue sometimes, and some districts want to have that. Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't. Tough to say. Tough to yep. say. I guess we. Yep. Bandwidth issues. Um, trying to increase bandwidth across the country. Mm-hmm. We are looking at uh, having our area Bloomington normal. You know, there's talk of Wi-Fi uh, covering the covering Bloomington normal. We have, you know, Illinois State University. We have Illinois Wesleyan. We have State Farm, we have Mitsubishi, we have two, you know, large school districts. And, you know, one of the concerns of the district in Bloomington is the fact that they go to -to one-to-one and these devices go home. How are they going to get internet if they don't have cable TV, if they don't, you know, so getting involved with, you know, uh, internet service provider and having, you know, citywide Wi-Fi, I think would be a huge step into equalizing because that's one thing with technology that doesn't matter if you're rich or poor if you have the same if you have the same device or have you know have access to the same information uh it's it's a levelizing tool can we just just add five dollars to everyone to federal taxes and make nationwide wi-fi like everywhere well i think they're working on it i mean it's coming in cars now i just saw an article that said your next car will be a smart car you know it will be connected to the internet so if you're going to do that you got to have some kind of a national system it's gonna it's it's got to get there i mean i I understand the concerns and the you know yep as soon as you do that what are they going to be monitoring all the big brother but you know what i mean we need it it's got to happen yep natural user interfaces uh things like connect um, you know, the Siri, the mm. voice activation oh, okay. now has the Apple 4S. It's neat. Nice. It's, it's a neat little yeah. device. Yeah. My wife absolutely loves it. I am one phone behind. I am any day now here. I am I'm well, trading I'm mine in. I'm waiting for my, I've been, I tweeted it. I don't know if I tweet it more than once, but my, uh, Nexus S 4G, Ooh. uh, which is supposed to be, you know, supposed to be up to date all <laughs> the time through Google because it's a Google phone. It's not, doesn't have any garbage on, on the top of it no layers or anything like that nice well, to have it but i don't have it yet so and i'm getting a little bit upset now at&t and verizon have theirs because they have uh, the gsm phones mm-hmm. and um but i'm on cdma so okay yeah it's uh an lte is that's the other lte is kind of Moving along. Okay, so we went from user interface. Okay, going back. (laughs) Natural user interfaces, very cool stuff. Uh, Web apps, HTML5. Mm -hmm. So didn't we have something was Flash dying? Talked about the death of Flash. Death of Flash, and I think web apps, I think that's huge. I think Apple um, is quite happy about that. Hopefully they're putting their technology (laughs) into that. And uh, Flash is just ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Data, data-driven, the huge buzzword. Uh, standards, you know, following data is good. I mean, it, you can. Data is good when used right. Right. Yeah. Overkill is we sometimes see that. Data can be twisted any way for anyone yes, to yes, <laughs> to view. So. Adaptive learning. Um, let's see, personalized learning. I think this is Sir Ken Robinson's talked about this. Mm-hmm. Individual education plans. I think uh, that is 
I think that's huge. I think that's what we, and that takes the data. Yeah. You know, you need sure. the data. And the, the one part, I guess, people outside of education have a tough time understanding is that, you know, I have the data in my head. I could tell you each of the students that I have this year, and I could tell you their strengths and weaknesses. I don't have the data. You know, I don't have numbers to quantify, quantify it, but I know where they're at. And um, that's now we're having to turn those that information in my head into numbers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So privacy, security. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Open licensing, mm -hmm. uh, peer to peer, mm. uh, social learning, um, the maker movement, encouraging people to make things by hand. Maybe mm -hmm. one of the most important keys in improving STEM education. Or is that STEAM? It's STEAM now. It's going to be STEAM. It's I don't think it's STEAM yet, but it's STEM. No, it's STEAM right now because I said so. Okay, and then Make Magazine. Have you ever seen? That's an awesome magazine. I've never seen that. Are you kidding me? No. Make I, Magazine. I'm opening it right now. You open it. Tell me okay. what you think right off the bat. Okay, anyway. I like it. Uh, yeah, kits making things. Oh, it's, cool. It's like uh, <sighs> it's like my class. It's great. It's like uh, um, uh, Popular Mechanics. You know, it just all the things that you build. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> See, now I'm lost. You shouldn't have told me this till afterwards. I wonder if it's a, it almost looks like the same magazine type setup there. I don't know. Okay, so um, back to the article. Oh, and the last one, because we saved the best for last, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Gaming. Duh. Yeah. Game-based learning has been on the cusp of being the next big thing for a while now. Perhaps 2012 uh, will be the year uh, with the flourishing of mobile technologies, the promise of data and analytics. The realization that we can create and engage and move through lessons, we are likely to see an explosion of educational gaming apps this year. So, um, that's I think that's where we end here. I'm going to comment on this because uh, this is from MindShift, which is a nice site. I'm going to comment on there and say, yes, gaming. Yes. <laughs> Come check us out. I am completely lost because i'm now reading how to make photo things on this <laughs> isn't that an awesome you've never heard of it <laughs> no this is fantastic i'm going to make magazine how to make cinemagraphs see, so cool see did you see the uh leia hologram no paper display that's on the first page awesome <laughs> see you should have just a you have if you have any money in your um, um your department's account you guys should subscribe, or I don't wonder if you can just subscribe on. Oh, cool! Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so. Uh, See you tomorrow. <laughs> Jerry's like in heaven here. So thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer podcast. Please follow us on EdReach.us and follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach network. And I'm looking so forward to a wonderful 2012. Have a great week. If the Illinois, if I win the lottery and the state bounces a check to me, I'm going to be very angry. <laughs> Look it up. Look it up, people out there. Uh, yeah, state of Illinois, we're awesome. <laughs> I can't even do that right. <laughs>